Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Today, we have a very special guest by the name of Jonathan Rodriguez, who so happens to be the corporate recruiter for Bacardi USA. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, ladies, for having me today. I'm excited to chat with, uh, with you all. It's our pleasure. We're happy to have you. So for our listeners, can you um, share with us your background and where you started and what led you to Bacardi USA, Jonathan? Sure can. Sure can. I have an interesting background, actually. Uh, not too much work experience. I mean, in terms of jobs, how many, how many places I work. But um, just to give you a quick background. So born and raised uh, in New York, specifically the Bronx. Um, so I graduated from college in 2009. Uh, and of course, in that that year was definitely a terrible year. It was the year of the recession. Um, so I was looking for a job out of school, almost similar to a lot of what students are going through now, you know, recent undergrads. So I, I've been there before. Um, at that time, my mentor was in the financial services industry. Passed my resume along when J.P. Morgan was um, vamp- ramping up their recruiting department again. Um, so I pretty much started at the bottom of the totem pole as a recruiting coordinator, uh, supporting some senior executive recruiters uh, for the private bank uh, within the asset management division. Um, and then as the years transpired, uh, I wound up developing my skill sets as a recruiter, became a recruiter, um, promoted to an associate and a senior associate by the time I left uh, J.P. Morgan but I was actually um, managing a, a few uh, few things. So I was on the LATAM private banking business side, so recruiting for our offices in New York, Miami, Houston, and then starting to help develop our teams in Mexico, Brazil, Geneva. I think I even filled a job in Colombia, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then helping out folks in Geneva. So had some international experience too, uh, until I was tapped on the shoulder to pretty much look over our entire client service uh, division for the LATAM and then also the U.S. private banking business. So it was six hubs in the U.S. that I was covering, and that was just north of 1,000 employees. So as you can imagine, I was pretty, pretty busy. So revamping the entire recruitment process for that team and, you know, lowering some some turnover um, rates that they had there. So it was a big accomplishment. Um, after nine and plus years, I decided I wanted a industry change, wanted something new, something fresh. Um, and sure enough, I remember it was a cold day in February in New York where I saw uh, a posting on LinkedIn for a corporate recruiter role for Bacardi in Miami. Now, Miami's always been on my mind for years. Sure enough, I applied, got a call a couple of weeks later. Uh, and then, you know, two months down the line after some interviews, uh, lengthy interview process. Um, they asked me to relocate to Miami to lead their U.S. Uh, recruitment department. So here I am, two years and two months later. I guess they must like me, and it's been fun <laughs> in the industry, um, and I'm having a good time at it. So that's a little bit about my background. Well, thank you definitely for sharing that great background and welcome, you know, from the Boogie Bronx down to MIA 305. That's right. <laughs> Boogie down Bronx, you got to throw up the X like Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Jonathan, throughout, um, well, actually I would say during the, sem- the summer semester, you um, had some 
really great um, information sessions about, you know, the Bacardi brand and about opportunities there and internships. So, you know, we had a couple of students um, that kept asking us, like, what is Bacardi's, like, ideal candidate? Like, if they could just list or see this perfect candidate there, what would they look for? Could you give us a little insight about who or what was Bacardi's ideal candidate? Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. So, of course, you know, we have our typical normal recruitment process like any other company in the country, right? Um, always want to bring uh, diverse talent to our our organization. Um, you know, we want to be reflective of the, of the communities we operate in, right? Um, so in terms of the ideal candidate, Bacardi, we're really big on both things, right? So I'm not, I, there's not a whole list of things and, you know, by job it varies, right? In terms of experience and the skill sets, right? Uh, or technical skills that, that are required for the role. But, you know, culture is really important to us too, right? So kind of goes hand in hand. So if you have the experience, if you might have checked off three out of the five boxes that we want for the role, but you are a cultural fit, that's important. And if you have a strong learning agility, right? So if you have those um, capabilities to be adaptable, to be flexible, have those uh, personal skill sets, um, but also eager to learn, try new things, be fearless, you know, that's, that's what Bacardi's ideal candidate is. And we want to see what, what, what are some of your accomplishments? What are your big successes? And of course, to see if you have any self-awareness to say, hey, you know, this is where I struggled, but this is how I turned it around. Uh, and what, what was their success out of that? So it's really important um, for us, you know, cultural fit and then that learning agility. Awesome. So you mentioned struggles and you like to see um, or find out from students how they overcame it. So we wanted to get a little personal and ask you, what's the biggest obstacle you overcame? So it's, I have one that really, really stands out in my time at JP Morgan, um, was pretty much uh, was struggling personally in my, my personal life uh, with certain things. And it took a toll on my uh, performance at work. Um, Full disclosure, because I like to overshare um, I happened to get arrested for fighting, right? Um, I wound up getting in this altercation that I shouldn't have been, uh, and I pretty much almost lost my job at J.P. Morgan. Uh, and I remember um, having a one-on-one with my boss at the time, and she told me, hey, you're the weakest coordinator that I have on my team. Wow. And that realness, and to this day, we're still really, really good friends on Instagram, like Facebook, like she's like my homegirl now. Um, that little trigger, that comment just made me turn it around, right? It just said, hey, I got to get my stuff together. I got to kick ass. I got to do a good job. I can't lose this job. Um, And sure enough, you know, I wind up, you know, checking my personal stuff at the door, uh, coming to the office, kicking ass, taking names, um, you know, working the long hours that I needed to and pretty much turned it around and, and, you know, left. JP Morgan on a high note. And, and I think they would, they will welcome me back with open arms if I ever want to. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I, I already got a couple calls earlier this year. So I'm like, nope, I'm not going. Um, but I would say just, you know, personal stuff, you know, checking it at the door, you know, almost losing my job there and just turning it around. Uh, and it's led me to where I'm at today. Thank you for being so transparent and being so honest and sharing that. I like to keep it real. I'm from the Bronx. We like to keep it real. 
Yes, your own right <laughs> podcast, Real World Talks. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jonathan, what entry level um, experiences should a student have early on um, to have a successful career in the beverage industry? What would you say? Oh, that's a good question. So I was thinking about this yesterday and it's important because, you know, not a lot of time, not a lot of roles that we do have open at Bacardi are truly entry level, right? Uh, generally, we always recruit from the industry folks at the distributor side or even one of our vendors. So I would say it's truly important uh, or helpful if a student has um, some type of distributor experience, right? So I know the distributor, our, our distributor, Southern Glaciers, recruits a lot of sales consultants, right? And that's your your foot on the, the, the feet on the ground, right? Pretty mm-hmm. much into the accounts, learning on how we um, partner with the suppliers. How do we sell into accounts, right? Learning the different categories. That's important. I know there's some certifications that folks like to take, you know, the WSET, which is, which is cool to have too. Um, but I think the distributor side experience at the entry level, it's important. Uh, if you say more of our corporate functions, like if it is marketing, you know, working at, you know, at an agency, a boutique agency, right? Where your, your clients are a vendor or a fast uh, consumer moving goods company, right? So that, that's important too, to get some of that exposure um, in the, in the industry. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So what's the trendiest liquor or spirits from Bacardi of this year? Of this year, I think we're really big in terms of, um, two things Our RTDs. So our ready to drinks, uh, cocktails. So I'm not sure if you've seen them in total wine or, or in your, one of your regional chains, but we do have, you know, like a rum punch. I think there's a Ooh. lemon and lime and a lime and soda. And they're fantastic. I only had the rum punch, but I heard the other two are really good too. Um, and as you can know, as you know, you know, like the industry is, is really battling against uh, like White Claws and Trulies. So, you know, those uh, ready to drink cocktails and we're trying to compete in that category, right? So we have those three flavors and we are actually going to be launching uh, new flavors next year. So I'm excited for that. I was able to taste test them and give them my feedback. And I'm happy to hear that, you know, a couple of the ones that I liked are being launched next year. Uh, but also in terms of the spirits, it's low ABV cocktails all the time. Uh, we just launched a new innovation brand, uh, Plume and Petal. Um, it's a really, really nice, um, refreshing drink. Um, it's to pretty much help compete, you know, during those nights where, you know, you and the ladies want to have wine night, right? And it's refreshing, refreshing. I mean, I mean, it's so good. The peach flavor one is amazing. Ooh, um, I think Kathy will like this. Mm-hmm. I, comes, I was going to mention it to him. <laughs> it comes with a nice little like wine bottle too. Um, the if you follow them on Instagram, they have some really cool um, social media posts, um, and it just makes you want to, you know, just grab some friends and just enjoy, like especially like brunching. Uh, it's a perfect brunch cocktail. Um, but you'll see a lot in that space in, in terms of the trendiest, right? Low ABV and the RTDs. Thank you, Jonathan, for giving us and, some and of the insights. And don't be surprised if you see some of our brands get into that space too. 
Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm definitely going to test out this um, plum and petal with the peach. I'm going to let you know if I like it. So I'll give uh, you so, my so th- feedback. So there's, <laughs> there's three flavors. So there's peach, cucumber, and I think the last one is uh, lime or, or lemon. One of those. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm a, definitely a peach cobbler girl. So I'm going to let you know about that peach. Um, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Now, you did talk earlier about kind of, you know, um, a little bit about your background and your experiences. Um, And, you know, us, we know from, you know, our different experiences in the industry that there's been some pivotal experiences that really have helped us to kind of get our foot into, you know, our different perspective of our industries. So for yourself, what career experiences do you um, have you had that really helped you get your role at Bacardi? And then I have a part B question for you once you're done with that one. I would say, aside from my old boss, who's now my good friend, um, you know, motivating me with her, her talk, <laughs> I think my career experience is, um, you know, taking on new challenges um, and in the recruiting space, taking on an entire client base. And think about it, you know, I, I'm only 32. When I was at JP Morgan, I was in my mid 20s managing an entire organization of a thousand employees. And so it was a lot of weight on my, on my shoulders to, to carry. Um, but it motivated me to make sure I got things done, make sure that the team saw results and I was that, that true business partner with them. Um, so that what truly led me getting into Bacardi, you know, especially coming from financial services, there's a lot of compliance stuff and regulations and everything. So that actually helped me at Bacardi, you know, when I talked to them about having a referral process, how I revamped the, the recruiting process at, for my clients, um, things like that help as well. Um, but also just being the cool guy that I am helped me get the role at Bacardi. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now the part B question um, is, and I think you talked a little bit about somebody that did motivate you, but who yeah. or what is your motivator? Uh, it, it's my mentor. Um, so more transparency. I met my mentor 21 years ago. Um, and I met him because he was a volunteer at my hospital that I was in receiving treatment. Um, and it was like his first, you know, few months while he was being a volunteer and we just clicked and hatched onto each other. Um, and to this day, you know, I can call him and ask him for advice and he always knows how to, how, how to deliver that advice and motivate me to be a better man. Um, there's always one thing that he's always told me like, Hey, you know, live your life, you know, be, be good, you know, cause at the end of the day, what, what do you want your tombstone to be read? He was like, you don't want your name. Mm-hmm. You don't want the years. You want your tombstone to say here lies a good man. And so that's how I live my life every day. You know, just being a good person, uh, being a good man and just being a good, you know, person at Bacardi, you know, at my, at my job. Mm-hmm. You are a good man, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> I try to be. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Sorry, trying to let Miami ruin that. <laughs> People can get sucked in. <laughs> so I would like to ask, how would you describe the beverage industry in the past five years? And what do you predict for the future in the next five years? Good question. Um, I've only been in the industry two years, right? Um, mm-hmm. When I was an intern, I had a little um, summer internship where I was part of this industry. So a lot has changed since then till now. Um, so in the past two years, 
Um, sorry about that. There goes my dog. I don't know you ladies know about my, my little puppy. Yeah, um, beautiful <laughs> So the last two years, you know, it's been a lot about experiential and, and you know, uh, to a lot of folks, and especially for us here at Bacardi, that we want to be in those cultural moments at all times, you know, and folks, you know, to resonate with our brands in these cultural moments. I mean, even if it's something like National Flag Day, right? <laughs> we want to be part of it or, you know, a National Tequila Day. Uh, National Margarita Day, you know, uh, it's rum month, right? In the month of August. Um, Want to make sure that everyone knows that Bacardi's on top of mind, right? So being part of those cultural moments, uh, I think for the next five years and just hearing from what I'm hearing, seeing from the brands, it's going to be playing in the RTD space. Now with COVID, you know, how do we get um, consumers to enjoy cocktails from home? What are some of the ways we can partner with some of our e-commerce businesses? Um, you know, like cocktail courier where you can order, um, you know, a, a gin, right. And they'll supply you with the ingredients to make a cocktail with the gin. Right. So it's stuff like that in terms of those type of partnerships. So you're going to see a lot more in terms of the e-commerce business. Um, and hopefully, um, the RTD business, hopefully we start dominating there too. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Imagine this scenario, Jonathan. So you are walking down the street. You know, you're taking Blue for a little walk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And you so happen to find a lottery ticket. And you're like, okay, you pick up the ticket. You go and you find out that you just won $10 million. Okay. What would you do with the $10 million that you just won? It's funny. I was joking about something like this yesterday. Um, but I'm definitely going to need more than $10 million, only just because I was watching the show on, on Netflix, Selling Sunset. I'm like, damn, I wish I had millions of dollars and buy a house in Beverly Hills. Yes. But I'm going to need more than $10 million in some of these places. <laughs> but um, I would say with $10 million, um, first and foremost, I always had this in the back of my head. Um, I need to get my mom a house. Like, she's always been living in an apartment in the Bronx. Uh, I know her and my sister just signed on a house in Orlando. So, you know, pay off that house and get her a bigger house. You know, um, that would be number one. You know, my mom has done so much for me uh, as a kid when I was in, in and out the hospital. Um, so that would be that. Uh, I'm not big on terms of I know a lot of folks would say, hey, I want to buy this car or this house. I'm OK with a condo. Like, I'm OK with that. Maybe a, a sexy car, but it's not like a Ferrari. Like I, I'm okay with just a decent looking car. Um, but I would say investing some of it. You know, just learning. Um, and you know, a lot of my friends now are still working with JP Morgan, so talking about investing um, that money for the future. You know, I definitely would want my kids and my nieces and nephews to to have that generational wealth. Thank you so much. I know that the ladies and I have, we've talked about that. You know, we find that ticket, what will we do? And it's always been interesting conversations of like <laughs> our first top three things that we would do. Um, so I'll definitely travel a little bit though. I would definitely do that. You know, go to those, those countries that I want to go to or have been on the bucket list. Right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, but I think that that's what I would do. 
So kind of going back a little bit, you know, discussing on personal, um, but fun. I've heard, we've had students sometimes tell us that, you know, they've gotten some very interesting interview questions. And one of the most funny and interesting ones that I always get a question about, Kathy, how do I prep for this is, you know, they ask if you could describe yourself as an animal, what would you be or what would you want to be? So now it's your turn. (laughs) If you (laughs) could be an animal, what would you be and why? Um, I'm going to say a lion. Um, only reason why, and it goes back to my mentor and us having these great conversations and what, how he always looks at me. Uh, he's like, you should be a lion. Um, and I say, why? And he's like, cause you have a heart the size of a lion. Uh, and so that's, that's the animal I would be. That's so crazy. Cause someone they asked me that, but I'm a Leo. So I always said that, well, I'll be a lioness, you know, um, uh, mm-hmm. Yes, because and I'm a Capricorn, and that's a goat. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to be a goat. I mean, I like, it. <laughs> I, I like when my mom cooks it, but I don't, I don't want to be a goat. <laughs> but yeah, I would say, I would say a lion. Um, just don't tell Blue that my my puppy here. Right? It's okay. We won't tell she, Blue. I think she would want me to be a Jack Russell. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So here's the kicker, Jonathan. The last and final question. So if you could have dinner with just three people and they could be alive or deceased, who would they be and why? So I saw this question, right, when I was reading it yesterday and I was like, holy shit, who, who would I want to have dinner with? Right. And of course, two names jumped to mind to me right away. Um, one of them just being a diehard Yankee fan. I would want to have dinner with Derek Jeter. Like I've met him a couple of times, but I would love to have dinner with him. Right. And since he's here in Miami, might as well. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, and since yesterday was Kobe Bryant day, Kobe Bryant. And I would say, you know, Derek Jeter and Kobe definitely have the same mentality when it comes to winning and competing um, at the highest level. Right. And giving it your all, no matter what. Um, but the third person, I couldn't figure out who would be the third person. And I was thinking, got to be somebody big influential some and i just couldn't think of the third person um so i would say i would probably bring my mom with me then oh <laughs> i love that mm-hmm. okay well thank you so much for sharing that jonathan and um this kind of concludes our interview q and a for you Ooh, and- I, I can i can wipe <laughs> my sweat now that's right <laughs> Yes, and now it, this actually leads into our next segment, which is our Real World Talks This or That Game with Natalie. And she's going to go ahead and explain to you how that works. All okay, right. Jonathan. So I'm going to ask you nine questions and provide you two options for those questions. And you will tell me which one you prefer more, either this or that. And you'll have 10 seconds to answer each question. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> no pressure. Don't count to numbers, no, no. I promise. It'll be very easy. <laughs> okay, so first one. Um, do you prefer a day at the park for blue or a day on the beach with a couple shots of Patron? That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sure I can have Patron with Blue at the beach. Uh she'll be watching. Oh man, I'm gonna say the you know. Beach at, at, the, at the beach with blue. 
Okay, okay. Next one. Do you prefer to go to a Jay-Z concert or a 50 Cent concert? Jay-Z. Hands down. Oh. I'm a one favorite rapper of all time, so Jay-Z. All right. <laughs> <laughs> These next couple questions are New Yorkers questions. You got to thank uh -oh. Kathy for that, too. Ah, um, nice. All right. <laughs> do you prefer having a party on the yacht or a New Year's Eve party in Times Square? On a yacht, I would never, I would never party at uh, do Times Square. You know that that's for the tourists. New York, New York, not stand in Times Square for hours. Nope. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you rather have Junior's cheesecake or a New York style cheese pizza? New York pizza. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Next one that's is tough. that's tough. But, but yeah, yeah, the pizza. Would you rather listen to Nicki Minaj or Remy Ma? Remy Ma. Ha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you, oh, I think I already know the answer to this question. Which baseball team do you prefer, the Yankees or the, the Mets? The Mets? I mean, I imagine I would have changed that answer on you. That would be funny. <laughs> the Yankees, of course. <laughs> would you rather watch a game of the Brooklyn Nets or the New York Knicks? Ah, oh, don't do that to me. Mm, <laughs> you Knicks. can only pick one. The Knicks. Mm, okay. Okay, would you rather charter a luxury yacht through the Hudson River with friends or through the Florida Keys with friends? Oh. Florida Keys with friends. Okay, okay. Hmm. I see you're two for two for Florida. <laughs> <laughs> trying to rub off on him. Yeah, I mean, I, I really did any any boat trips in New York, and I've been doing them more here in Miami. So I'm, I definitely enjoy it here, and I have a really good crew of friends, so I can't complain every time we get on a boat. Definitely. So the last one, if you could have super fun, superpowers which one would you prefer i'll give you three options to read minds to fly or to be invisible to fly i'm oh. a big superman fan so uh, i want to fly all right that's the end of the game superman jonathan <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that was a good game i mean you, i almost tricked you on the yankees mets question uh, I had that conversation not too long ago uh, as well. They were like, would you ever root for the Mets? I was like, if the Mets are playing and they're doing well and the Yankees aren't, you know, I'll root for the Mets, you know, to kind of do it. But throughout the regular season, you, you just don't root for the Mets. Always Aww. root for the other team. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Jonathan. We truly, truly appreciate it. No, thank you. This was fun. I actually had a good time. <laughs> you see, we don't bite. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I think every time we get on the call or whatever, we always have a good conversation and it's always fun. Aw, well, thank you so much. And this concludes another episode of our Real World Talks podcast. And tune in next week. Thank you, guys. Thank Bye. you. Thank you, guys.